0: This is Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast, July 29th, four days before the media meets with Brian Kelly and six days before the start of preseason practice 2019. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley. It's the Tim and Tim show here today. A couple topics to talk about in segment one before we get to a bunch of uh, good questions. Some new some new blood among the people asking questions are included in our in our listing here today on Monday, July 29th. But uh, I did want to start with, since you and I invested so much time and energy this summer into the the ranking of 89 players, we're, we're happy that we came up with the idea of ranking them. It was more fun for us to write, and I think it was certainly more fun, especially as we got down to the last half dozen or uh, two dozen or so for our readers to speculate as to who was who was where. Uh, there was some confusion as to how we rated them. Indispensable was a good idea, but it wouldn't apply to about 70 of the guys. Right, right. Uh, so we did it, the, you know, the best slash most impactful players, and ended up being Julian O'Quara. And there was some debate as to whether it was Ian Book. Ian Book's a quarterback. Yes, he takes more snaps. He's involved in more plays. Uh, but that's all relative to offense and defense. And in our opinion, Julian O'Quara is the best football player on the team.
1: That's all it came down to for me. In fact, I had Book third. I don't know if you ever. I had remember. him second. Yeah, you had I him second, second. I had him third. I had Kareem there. Um, I really enjoyed it because we started it in uh, mid spring, trying to start doing some rankings because that's what you're walking. You're basing it on the spring, of course, in a little bit of summer. That these all go in yeah. in May, so that was fun. I think the one, I think the one guy would move up a couple spots, and it's always fun to say this because I don't know who I would move down, but I think I had Pride at seven and you had him at eight. I think I would move if I redid my rankings right now. Just talking to you about your interviews with Coach Light and Coach Lee, I would move Pride up a couple of spots. Well,
0: I, but I think that falls under the category indispensable more than proven ability. Probably true.
1: Yeah, probably true. I mean, I, you know, I guess you're still projecting though because I have Jafar Armstrong ahead of Pride. True. and he is, true. he hasn't been better than right, Pride yet. Right, right. But it's it's logical the number one running back will be. But that was fun. Uh, we both had, you had Aaron Banks highest among linemen. I had Hainsey. But Other than that, we are all we we're kind of in lockstep. Both had Patterson above the tackles. <laughs> He's never taken, we have both since made fun of the Remington watch list. Yeah. But we both ranked him ahead of the senior yeah. tackles.
0: You know, that's the kind of thing. And I do want to say this. I think next year what I would like to do is we we still maybe get Kevin Sinclair involved in the in the rankings for, for us, number one, but also give our readers an opportunity to do their own ranking. It won't influence the way we rank them, but we will keep a running tally yeah, as to how yeah. they rank that them. That would be good. You know, let's say we're at number seventy-five. This is ours. This is what the fans chose. I'm going to put. Let you telly all those. That'd be good. I'd like,
1: <laughs> I hope they have like ninety-one guys again because I was actually we were trying to figure out who to who to cut out of here. The, we knew guys were going to leave, but you had. To, uh, oh right, right, right. <laughs> the walk-ons. So I feel we shortchanged Patrick Pelini. Patrick Polini probably
0: day. could have been number ninety yeah. for us, right?
1: He would have liked it a bit.
0: I think he probably would have. Uh, do you know him? I don't have any idea. I don't. I don't I know, know Patrick Polini. But that's in the past, and we had fun doing it, and we appreciate the input, whether you agreed with our approach to it or not. Uh, I did a story this morning on uh, potential captains and put odds on those. Um, we listed 10 guys because that's good for a slideshow. <laughs> yeah.
1: Tricks the trade, huh?
0: <laughs> Which I know people hate, but 24-7 Sports loves, and since we are... Indebted to them, as we are our readers, of course, but we're indebted to them, and so we follow that whenever we can. And um, 10 guys, and I, and I, you know, I mean, that's stretching it, certainly, because we don't think that Chase Claypool, uh, Liam Eikenberg, or Tommy Kramer will be captains. A couple people I know, Tom Loy, uh, indicated he thought Eikenberg would be a captain. I don't see any, and I, you're in agreement with me here, yeah, Tim. The, the, in no, we don't see any offensive lineman being a captain ahead of Robert Hainesy. Uh, and then it gets interesting. You know, there, are, I, I said there are six gimmies. There are probably seven gimmies if you included Troy Pride, who certainly is ha, has, you know, probably earned that up to this point. Six is still relatively easy. Brian Kelly said he didn't think he would go that many.
1: Right,
0: right. Um, so working off of the number of four, I mean, do you, did you take, I don't know if you took a look at this I this did. morning. I
1: did. For, I was doing a quick Monday Musings. We have, a,
0: music, so we have yeah. a core of five because. Kareem is a defensive end, and we think that he's going to be a captain. And Gilman, uh, no, I, I don't think that's right. I'm sorry. Okwara and Gilman are both 5-1. to one. And Gilman has Elliott at safety, two and we think that he's really become the leader. And, he, and Gilman didn't start at Notre Dame.
1: Honestly, the only reason I have Hainsey above these other guys, well, there's two, I guess. Brian Kelly likes that. There's an offensive line leadership, and I'm writing a story on this, leadership at the program. Especially since Harry Heestand came. uh a chain of offensive linemen leading right. these teams. He is a junior. He'd be a year ahead. As you pointed out, he'd be, the, he'd be the fourth junior, so it's not that, or fourth guy with eligibility left, so it wouldn't be that Right, but, the,
0: but but McGlinchey and the two Martins were redshirt juniors, so they were seniors in school. Yeah. That? And that, will that matter with Robert Haynesy? I,
1: I I doubt it. But the whole thing with Hainsey, as you kind of touched on it, Kareem and Aquara are natural guys to consider, and so are Gilman and Elliott. Are you going to have two defensive ends and two safeties, Your yeah. captains? It, it's not impossible. Those are the voices. You need someone on offense. Though.
0: I think if you were... You know, like we were kind of joking. I mean, Mike Bray would just expand it because he would want to make sure that everybody stayed happy. I don't know that Brian Kelly looks at it the same way. It's 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 two different animals, Norton football, Norton basketball, of course. But, you know, if you wanted, this would be a year if you wanted to expand. Remember how I made a joke about Austin Webster, the walk-on special teams captain number six in 2017, and then a guy like Troy Pride or maybe – uh, Julian Okwara or maybe Alohi Gilman's not going to be a captain on this football that team. That seems
1: strange. Uh, it, but boy, Elliot really is trending that way. From all we hear, uh, you had him as the as the number one. And option. him as number one. you yeah. heard multiple people say that Julian or excuse me, Jalen Elliott seems to be an odds-on favorite. I will say this: I know that Tommy Reese wasn't a captain as a senior quarterback, but he also had an arrest in his past that might have actually knocked yeah. him out of it. It would be odd to me if Ian Book is not named a captain. I know Brian Kelly doesn't want to put a ton on quarterbacks' plates, but he's a returning starter that's been in the playoffs, and he's clearly a leader of the team. Um, maybe maybe he's not vocal enough, and he will just be a guy that comes out to talk every week, so he's a captain in the media situation. And people right. think this doesn't matter, but it actually does when they are talking about this, because they have to be able to put people out to speak in terms of the whole team, and Ian Book can represent Right. The now,
0: Julian team. O'Quara wants to be a captain. Yeah. I've had... Somebody from the Goog say he wants to be a captain. But that would require you know, a lot of media attention, which he is not very good at slash doesn't like it.
1: In fairness, it's funny you say he wants to be a captain because the one time he ever had time to kind of speak to the media was his time coming out this spring where he was this completely changed student-athlete that wanted to talk, answered everything, and I think he is probably setting himself up to be a captain because of that. Like, you have to... People might think we're crazy when we say this. You have to be able to communicate uh, with the media. Let, that's let me, the point. Let me
0: just say this also. I, also, a voice from the Google said his leadership tailed off at the end of spring. Oh. Well, now, you know, when you say Kareem leadership, does not. you know, when you say yeah. leadership, I mean, he's probably locked into what he's doing. And yeah. that's perfectly fine. Sure. You sure. don't have to be the guy that rallies the, the troops all the time. Just with Julian O'Quar, man, just be Julian yeah. O'Quarr. Take it up a notch. Don't, you know, get... Double-digit sacks as opposed to eight, and with 21 quarterback yeah. pressures, the number that you threw out. This is a – to talk about. It, I, I mentioned it in the in the counting down story yesterday
1: about how many quarterback pressures he actually had. I think Pro Football Focus had him for more than okay, I did. They, They're yeah. a little wild with their with their. Well, rack. they may be. The NCAA, yeah.
0: for the record, the NCAA only gives one. Quarterback pressure per snap, which is really kind of unrealistic. Right,
1: because if guys are yeah. collapsing a pocket, that's right. part of it. So right. we don't do that. And I, I know I went with – I talked to a couple other outlets, including Pete, that track quarterback pressures. Blue and gold with Brian Driscoll tracks quarterback pressures. I had Julian Aquara. This includes sacks, too, because a sack – if you pressure the quarterback and, and make a sack, all the adding up. Do they count those? No.
0: They don't count it that way. So
1: that he would have had – 30, basically, okay. 21 and a half, and, or he'd have 29 well, That's kind of silly. It is, because you've, you've you
0: count pressure You down. count a, a sack for a tackle for loss, yeah, you count not? it
1: twice. It should be a pressure, right. It should be a pressure, but it's not. But I had Julian Aquara, and this includes the Cotton Bowl of three in 18 plays. I wrote about this today with 50 quarterback pressures last year, including his
0: sex. That is... That, okay, if you want to, if you want to argue whether he would get whether... some with
1: Tillery, he would get some with Hayes. Like, uh, if he, right. why would he not be included? Like, that's why Pro Football Focus does it that way. They're grading the player, the play he made right. for the draft. Basically, right. is why yeah. they do it. Yeah, and they're saying that he made this many plays. He will not get that many when you look on uh, Notre Dame's websites or the NCAA statistics. And interestingly enough, I mean Notre Dame started tracking this properly about five, six years ago.
0: Well, if you like, if you go on Notre Dame, revamp their yeah. uh, website. And you go on. You go statistically year by year. They don't list. They don't list quarterback hurries now yeah. during the season. They did, but if you go to their website and look at two thousand eighteen stats, it doesn't say quarterback. It's not hurries an official stat yet,
1: so that's why. But it's too big of a deal in football now yeah. to include that. And yeah. of course, if you're going to be a media relations person at the program and you have a great pass rush, you want to talk about well, the pressures. And
0: I and I threw in the the Ross Browner esque comparison because I think it was I. I want to say that Browner had seventy seven career tackles yeah. for loss. They didn't count sacks then. It was just tackles for loss.
1: He has a few sacks. So I don't, yeah, thing, I mean, yeah.
0: yeah, he, you know, but 77 <laughs> career, you know, and he missed a year in there, right? <laughs> <Yes>. So <laughs> he was ferocious. He, I mean, he was a guy, I, I was when he, I was 13 when during his freshman year and I got to know him a little bit later in life doing some Nord Dame events and he's, those that have... Been around Ross Browner, he has more charisma than just about anybody that's ever played for Notre Dame. And he was outra- I mean, he was, I was 13 to 17 years old yeah, when he was playing. And he was absolutely outrageous. He was unstoppable. He was too, the combination of strength and size was absolutely too much for that. Era of offensive linemen,
1: and right now, if Lou Emoji hears this, he's going to get really mad that we compared anyone to Ross Browner. So we apologize. Oh, that. we're just saying, we're just saying that <laughs> every uh, time he's brought up, it's like stop, cut it, shut it down. <laughs> I, I get that,
0: but <laughs> yeah. when you start talking about fifty quarterback pressures, right. that's, heck, that's that's, that's yeah. Ross Browner esque Last thing we want to touch upon uh, in this segment is summer workouts. We're asked, you know, constantly, hey, have you heard anything more? I think we can safely say that Kyle Hamilton. Is absolutely, I mean, everything that we're hearing about Kyle Hamilton is, he's going to be really, really special, probably from the beginning of the 2019 season.
1: Yeah, and he's going to be the first safety off the bench. Uh, It could be more than that. There's a question touching on that. But if you're the first safety off the bench, you could end up being part of the nickel package. Ideally, Sean Crawford is the guy in the nickel because Kyle Hamilton won't be he, the actual nickel. Is. But you want—if you're in a dime—I would be bringing in Kyle Hamilton,
0: absolutely, rather than a fourth quarter. I, I want to throw this out because we kind of, after I had interviews with with Lee and and Todd Light, we kind of backed away from the idea of Jalen Elliott possibly being a, a nickel in certain situations. I want to I want to reintroduce that because that has come up again. Uh, which I think is really, really interesting. In that situation, certainly Kyle Hamilton's on the field for you.
1: Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason to have Elliot there, don't you?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, to get, yeah, yeah, to get Hamilton. The yeah, the the best of both worlds there. Now, I still think a healthy Sean Crawford is that guy, but we saw the erosion in a healthy Sean Crawford a year ago. Now, right. after the accumulation of two previous injuries, so I'm not sure he'll ever get back. In fact, I'm pretty sure he'll never get back to where he was when. He could handle anything that was being thrown at him in practice as a freshman. So, you know, when we say Kyle Hamilton with the nickel, that doesn't mean he's playing nickel. It could be Elliott, it could be it could be Crawford, it could be KJ Wallace who is who is working there and continue we continue to hear really, really positive things about him. Uh like we'll KJ
1: Wallace on film. In fact, when I rated them I wrote future nickel at Notre Dame. If he's the nickel this year, I have a story coming out about what happens to freshman nickels at Notre Dame. And it does not a good <laughs> and it's thing. it's not good. So we're looking, I'm, I'm looking the other way well, on that one. But pre-
0: future. Presumably that's yes. just coincidence and not
1: anything to do with the actual ability of that player. I think it's a hard position as a freshman. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's that's a really why hard. You get chewed up and spit out. Yeah. It's
0: a really hard position. We also continue to hear really, really positive things about I presume Mike Linebacker, Mike Linebacker, J.D. Bertrand, who there there was some question whether he was going to be on scholarship. He is on scholarship. I've always said that one of the hardest positions for me to evaluate in looking at film of a high school player is a Mike Linebacker because you know they're not expected per se to go sideline to sideline. They're expected to find the the appropriate gap and hit it. And he absolutely did that in high school. I, I mean, I was very impressed with his high school film, but I have a difficulty sometimes gauging how that translates to the next level, they really like what they're seeing from J.D. Bertrand this summer.
1: And knowledge of the game and ability to translate what you see to playing and hitting and running fast is huge as a freshman. The real step for him would be just because he, let's say he moves ahead of someone, any a classmate, a Quanu, or someone in front of him, Bo Bauer, anything like that, it's got to continue to translate once those guys catch up to speed. Because if you just know what you're doing as a freshman, and you can see it, hit it, feel it, you could be the third string, no, or the second no string, as no, opposed no. to.
0: But but realistically, we're looking at Bilal and Bauer right. and Simon. And Simon,
1: <laughs> but that's good news that that Bertrand is. Yeah. Showing that well. Um, Quinn Carroll, who... We saw. And he yeah, was I mean,
0: Quinn, Quinn Carroll's going to be a really, really good football
1: player for he Notre Dame. He could Day. play this year. I don't mean start, but he could play, yeah. and you wouldn't think things went totally wrong, whereas the other linemen need a year. It was, first, uh,
0: it was Chip Long that said to me that there was never any question for him about Quinn Carroll's ability as a football player. It was just like this spring, some upper body strength, which just wasn't where it's going to be for right. a... For a major college offensive lineman, and naturally, because he was a second semester senior in high school.
1: And I didn't mean he will play. I meant he, no, could, I know. he could. No, 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 he I know. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, who else do we want to talk about? Cam Hart has looked good. Cam Hart has looked, we continue to hear great yeah. things about him. Somebody asked where he's moving to DB. Chip Long would go kicking and screaming, I think, at this point, because he really likes what Cam Hart has done. And, I, you know, again, I found him to be difficult to evaluate on high school film. Mainly because when we rank them, which now apparently we rank everything, yeah. uh, somebody's got to be at the bottom, and I just I, you just weren't sure. And he hasn't done anything yet, obviously in game situations, but he's been really, really good this summer.
1: Right. If we're gonna say I was high on KJ Wallace and we were higher on JD Bertrand, we have to point out we were lower on Cam Hart, and so those yeah. are the guys that we have heard right, are doing right, right. well. And that's now they that haven't done anything yet, <laughs> but yeah, got to point out who you're low on too. It's it's nice when they work out. For instance, Paul Mawala, I was very low on coming into. Yeah, and he's obviously already outplayed. Well, that. it's almost
0: it's 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 almost more difficult for us being in South Bend and a, a local kid and knowing that the yeah. the Northern Indiana Conference that Penn plays in is not very good. I mean, it's just it's not real good football competition as the South Bend public public schools are really struggling on a lot of fronts. So um, that can be difficult to, to gauge. Now, I were a lot of people were telling me he's a rover, he's a rover, and I said no, he's a safety, and I was wrong on that. I mean, clearly is much better suited for Rover, and I commend everybody that that said that. And and Clark Lee agreed, and it was a good move for him late in the spring. I like that Paul
1: Muala said, all my teammates always thought of me as a linebacker, yeah. and we asked him, right, point blank after the game, is that because of your physicality? He goes, no, I think it's because I was overweight, but now it's because of both. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pretty he, funny.
0: He, he lost weight. He gained weight. Yeah, he,
1: yeah sometimes it's hard. you got yeah. to adjust to what you're yeah. going to be put as a freshman and sophomore.
0: All right, we've got a bunch of good questions in segment two. We'll be right back with Burning Up the Boards. Burning Up the Boards brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental company with 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium available for Fighting Irish Game Days. Irish Illustrated readers and listeners can get $100 off their booking with the promo code Irish2019. Burning Up the Boards, question number one from Threat Level Midnight 44. Asmar Bilal, now that we're in the final approach to the season, How has he stepped into his role and how has he matured? What's his leadership involvement among the linebackers? And will he be ready to be a major impact on defense? Am am I placing too much importance on Bilal's necessity to be so impactful?
1: A few things. Number one, threat level midnight is a great name for all you office fans out there. I appreciate that uh, tagline. I do think there's too much importance being placed on his necessity to be impactful, Um, although I agree with you, Tim, that it would be great if he is. It'd be great if Asmar Bilal is as a guy that's been in the program this many years, struggled through the 2016 team when they were bad and really grown with Matt Bayless, if all of a sudden he's a really good senior leader linebacker. I am 100% waiting to see see that for myself, see it, believe it when I see it. I have and not, not listened to a single thing anyone says about it until then.
0: Right. I I think we base everything on summer feedback based upon is it brought up to us or do we bring the name up? Yeah. I have not spoken to anybody that's brought up Asmar Bilal's name. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not doing a good job and preparing and going to have a good fifth year. But it's just important because all the, the things that you mentioned, just being in the program the experience of being there, and, you know, the, the stage should never be too big anymore for him. He's been on the stage plenty.
1: Yeah, what should he care about the atmosphere in Athens? He he's went through the atmosphere in the Cotton Bowl as a starter. He's played in all these games. I mean, he was down there in Miami when right. these things happened. It's, I just don't know if he is good enough in the middle to do it. Remember, he started last spring at Buck. They moved him to Mike. Was it because they needed him at Mike? Or was it because he flashed ability to play Mike? You never know when there's so many moving pieces at linebacker. And we have linebacker questions, and we're going to have a lot of linebacker questions over the next month. Don't disagree at all with what you've said throughout the the summer, that ideally he would claim that role because he has been prepared for it for a long time.
0: Right, but... Bo Bauer, who I have have heard good things about this summer. Um, Shane Simon, who came on strong once they moved him to Mike. And then again, JD Bertrand, who would appear to be the long shot, number four. But, you know, he's shown good instincts in what they've done this summer.
1: Insane ND Tucson, speaking of which, how do you see the linebacker rotation shaking out? Camp will tell, or a heavy rotation, dependent on the game and situation. And additionally, I think we know the answer to this one we agree can jack lamb really be a viable three down option at Buck?
0: yeah i mean it's it's really difficult for us to to put anything in stone here it, it's the same as what we left it, it is yeah. and we knew that i think we said that when we had our our first podcast heading into the spring we knew it was going to be that way and it is um can jack lamb be a three down option a buck absolutely can he take all the snaps that drew trankel did last year no, he's he's right. going to need somebody there. Now I don't know if that's Jordan Jim Markeith. I I I mean I think ideally you would like him to be in that spot, but again, that's a guy that nobody ever brings his name up when you let unless you initiate the conversation about him. So he he needs to make significant progress from where he was in the spring.
1: I feel like because Jim Markeith never redshirted, we're almost in our minds, thinking, okay, he's got to make, he's got to make it now. He's got to get there now. Well, he, he does. Goes, he's done to two years, yeah, which is true. And he's moved positions. You know, I always thought doesn't matter now because that he would move to rover when he came in as a big safety. Just seeing him make plays out there, and man, if he if he flashed in that citrus ball and safety, he just looked like a guy that belonged. But you wonder if he's gotten lost in the weight gain. Maybe maybe now he has kind of assimilated to the weight gain. Yeah. Remember the first thing he said two springs ago was, "Yeah, I got to put on some weight." He put it on. He never looked super quick to me afterwards. But No, that that was probably indecisiveness yeah. more than anything else. And we only hear good things about Jack Lamb,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely nothing but positive things about him. I, I would say that they're set at Rover but in terms of personnel, mm-hmm. and they are very high on Owusu Koromoa, but he hasn't played the position, and Moala looks like... He's at his best position, and Jack Kaiser is somebody that Clark Lee likes a lot. I do think
1: Brian Kelly saying last spring, This is about teaching the basics of linebacker play. That's no longer it. That's what Clark Lee dedicated his spring to, so he could figure yeah. out who his starters are going to be in the summer and the yeah. fall and in, in camp.
0: By the way, for the record, uh, Maris Leofau, uh I think we were assuming Rover.
1: To fill out the depth chart is why I always he's assume a, he's a he's a buck, a buck as at well.
0: least at least he has been this summer now whether That's he's a lot cross trainer yeah I know I know I know but that I mean that tells you that they're they're searching man they're they're searching you know and they're probably searching for especially a buck to, at least too deep because yeah, he, because because yeah, yeah. you don't want Jack Lamb playing you know eighty five snaps a game
1: NYC Leprechaun what's the one reason indie fans should be excited for the season and what's the one reason we should be concerned can the reason to be excited overcome the reason for concern.
0: Well I think there are many reasons to be excited because they've won 10 games through the last 4 years. Their depth is better than it's been at really at, I mean from a from a consistency level year by year the depth is better than it's been at the last couple of years and it's been since Brian Kelly got there in 2010. They're a good football team. They've got they've got a lot going for them. Now having said that, the biggest concern is consistency at kicker and punter. And, and you know slash linebackers but you know you can do a lot of good things but if you need a kick to win a game and you miss it yeah, then that, you then you then you can't overcome it
1: um excited their best positions are defensive end offensive line and quarterback and that's college football uh the safeties and <laughs> that's that, that's, that is college football the safeties and the corner um, that's also college football now. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, as much as you say three of the four are set, well when there's one hole in a di- in a dam, that's a problem. <laughs> it starts leaking, right? And you have some problems but plugging I, it.
0: But I have a lot more confidence in
1: <laughs> A corner.
0: I have a lot more confidence in bracy at field and pride at boundary than I do pride at field. And Griffith at boundary.
1: Yes, much more. And I have confidence that one corner will step up along the way, most games to help Troy Pride. Yeah,
0: I, if Bracey is just stronger and can hold his own, that's your second best cover corner on the team behind Troy Pride. So yeah, he
1: won't play Troy Pride snaps because he'll have Sean Crawford, hopefully, and at all helping him out. Right. That's the other thing. So I'm with you, though, kicking game, and you really made that sound bad. By the way, just, how's that? <laughs> you, have, you have a kick to win the game and you miss it, I just pictured Athens and someone coming yeah, up to I kick mean, a I, thirty-seven you know, yarder after look, a great I, drive. I hope block.
0: Jonathan Dor <laughs> and Jonathan Dor showed some promises. Spring ended. There's no doubt, uh, but I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody. I don't think there's anybody in the Notre Dame camp that says, "Oh, okay, we're going to be really good at kicker this year." You can't say that yet. He's just going to have to, you know, an in August, one well, guy he's just going to have to prove a game. He's probably going to have to prove it. In Athens. Oh my God,
1: that's just that's, you know. I'm, and, gonna, I'm gonna stop. It, <laughs>
0: and I, you know, I mean, and it's it's extra points too. You know, I mean,
1: yeah, you can't miss those. Any, have to extra points. Games, yeah. ha,
0: here's why I look at. And I, and am I stepping on a, another question? Maybe I am, but.
1: Again, a kicker, uh, yeah, there plan. is.
0: Let me. I'll save. I'll okay. save that comment for down there. Records thirty three hot uh, in Pete Sampson's story last week regarding Notre Dame's independence. Pete's not here to answer this, but we'll give it our best shot. Creating a path to winning a national championship didn't seem to be one of the main priorities. Playing in New York, Chicago, and L. A. in the same season nine different times is great and on brand, but there's the trade-offs to that, and it impacts the coaches and players. Is Notre Dame appropriately balancing quote being Notre Dame unquote and trying to win a national championship?
1: I mean I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they're appropriately balancing it or they wouldn't have had the schedule they had last year that they overcame.
0: But don't you think the that tra- they don't you, don't you think that they have to go the extra mile because they are an independent, they're not going to have a conference championship game and you have to prove beyond the well, The New York stat- Chicago
1: thing is that's not necessary. I mean, LA is part of their LA is part of their schedule. If the annual you, schedule. You got to go to LA. You're, you're, Jack, you're going there.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah. Jack, Jack Sorbic thinks it's necessary. Uh, that's
1: why. That's the part I don't think is, is balanced. But I I get why they do it. That's why I'm going to say
0: it again. He has two titles: vice president and director of athletics. You're right, you're right. And they are opposed to one another at times. And this would be one of those times. That's,
1: that's the fair way of saying it. And it's not like they're trying to get in the way of it. No, but there's. I mean, there's. There's challenges that they add. You know, think they about add
0: challenges. Think about the uproar when Notre Dame went to New York to play Syracuse instead of playing a home game. Yeah, now, it, they hammered them in it, it. Right, like, right. It, it didn't matter. Yeah, no, in pregame, yeah. But, I mean, it quickly did not matter, and we never talked about
1: it again. Well, we started talking about it a little in L.A. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> they were dragging. Uh, Chip Long and might have been Mike Elson mentioned. <coughs> Chip Long mentioned that the receivers were gassed in L.A. He goes, we didn't have anything left in L.A. And I thought, watching the game, the defensive line was gas. Yeah, they won the game on two plays in a row. But before that, I didn't think they were getting off the
0: ball. We had a cool, we had, You're yeah. right, and we had yeah. There was no doubt, yeah. uh, and we were weary. We were <laughs> we were weary <laughs> yeah. by which, the end of that. Which is really what people care P about. Pete and I had a question last week about what's harder: with the the gauntlet they had to go through last year in terms of travel at the end of the season, or the way the schedule's set up with the three really vicious, yeah. potentially vicious road games this year. We concurred that I'd take this year's schedule over. All that travel the last five weeks yeah, of the they, season. Yeah,
1: they kind of can't lose, if you're a good team, seven games this year. I mean, t- two seven opponents this year. Last year there was a little bit more preseason oh, right. going in. Like, yeah, that could be tough. That could be tough. Yeah. There's a few here that are just, I mean, there's two total throwaways. That you, if you lose to Louisville, you're not a good team at this point, right? I know th- all that it has is atmosphere. They're not
0: going to lose to Louisville.
1: Right. Um, uh, maybe maybe that was a stretch saying seven, but uh, eight I believe. And Notre Dame teams that are good don't lose to Navy. Right. That's another way of looking at it. So yeah, I would agree with you and Pete on that.
0: Yep. Yep. Coach CFT under or over two and a half number of tandems of starting cornerbacks throughout the season. My take. This is Coach CFT is over.
1: I. Well, yeah. It's a good line. It's a good line. It's a good line. Because there's gonna be two. It just. There Will be two. The reason the only time there's not two is when you have love and pride and Duff and Walton. They're gonna you're not rolling out Bracey the whole year or Crawford the whole year, I don't think. And I don't think is there three though? Yeah, I, w- I will take the I will say there's three. Well, if I mean, just, just say, if, yeah, Bracey, yeah. if Bracey gets banged up, that's then, why there's more than two because there's an injury coming. I mean, that's why there's at least two. An injury is coming to someone, there's at least yeah. two. So I will say the three. It's a good. Uh, I take the over with Coach CFT.
0: It's a good line at Way to Go, K okay, Man. Which player are you going to watch first when you get to Culver?
1: The Kyle Hamilton question of the day. <laughs> uh, obviously, everybody besides there. Kyle <laughs> Hamilton. Besides I think Kyle we Hamilton. have to say that. Yeah, a lot is going down. I wanted to look at it by class because of importance and curiosity. Kramer for seniors. I want to watch Tommy Kramer. Although Culver, I don't get as much Tommy Kramer because they're not in the type of pads. Um, right. I want to see the alignment in terms of when they come out for Javon McKinley and Kevin Austin, because that might tell us a few things. Every year we have a guy that lines up a little farther back in the pecking order than he yeah, should be. Yeah, that
0: that will be Kevin Austin <laughs> this year. It
1: will be. Uh, Owusu Koromoa, I want to see him moving around out there. And speaking of moving around, Derek Allen, because he f- I was not going to watch him until he flashed in the blue goal game. And uh, Jamie and Franklin. I want to see Jamie no, Franklin, that's, a good point. But that's another one that's not really Culver as much as mid-August when he's battling. Yeah, but.
0: yeah the, the the key here is Culver because, it's you know, like you, said, like you said, offensive linemen in particular, Cam Hart will be a guy that, you know, we're going to see him run around and get a lot of passes right. thrown in his direction along with the other receivers. I agree with you with McKinley because McKinley is probably going to be, there's a chance he's going to be called upon in September, which then gives him an opportunity to be called upon in October and November. Yeah. As well, but uh, Drakovic obviously, I want
1: to. I mean, the main thing is I want to see. I guess he's number one. I wouldn't even. think Well, like yeah, that. I mean, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, Chip Long said that they never asked him to change his throwing mechanics. So does he go back to what he was? I think we'll be able to see that pretty quickly on his shorter, uh, on his shorter throws. Uh, Aaron Banks, I want to see the you know where he is health wise. Uh, haven't heard anything more negative about that, although I haven't asked about that. Jack Lamb, obviously, J.D. Bertrand is a guy yeah. that we're hearing a lot of things. And KJ Wallace, one lineman that I am looking forward to seeing, but we're not going to see as much in Culver's is uh, is Howard Cross. I mean, oh, I just yeah. you know we continue to hear really good things about him. So once we get back into town,
1: uh, he's somebody that I that I want to keep an eye on. Some of the younger guys that Braden Lindsey had his spring progress truncated by the injuries. I want to see how he is progressing. Yeah, uh, as I, a number two. But, yeah, I him. do too. And I think
0: it's I think it's even more important that we see Lawrence Keys.
1: I His think I know how he's going to look in the camp. Until, well, until camp d- drags on, no, I bet he he's going to look
0: off. He had a very good August. But, I mean, you don't want – Chris Fink can run all day, and he can take all the snaps. But it would – you know, that can't be a 90%, 10% thing. They yeah. need to start incorporating their their backup receivers. And that was – for those that have been on Irish Illustrated, I've been reading a series of stories with the coordinators. On both sides of the ball, they're talking about playing more guys. And so you can't talk about it, and then Lawrence Keyes gets – you know, 7% of the reps.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, they have talent there. It's time. It's time Yeah, to I, don't, to yeah, I
0: don't know how much Claypool comes off field, but the situation different, at least until Kevin Austin comes back.
1: There's a lot of the younger guys that, I mean, the backfield, um, as August progresses, see who the number three is. We left spring thinking, looks like Jameer Smith, but I didn't think that before the blue goal game because he was injured and not playing. And then all of a sudden you saw him out there, and Brian Kelly commended him for being out there, which is I think is the big deal. Right. We had heard Jameer Smith should be out practicing. Right. And all right. of a sudden he looked really good again. So he's one of them. He's a guy that I would. And finally, on uh, this is a good one because it's come up recently for us. At
0: Shex Nola. Shex Nola. This is somebody new. Thanks for joining any? us.
1: Any truth to rumors that Kyle Hamilton plays some offense? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes, there's a possibility of that. There's a strong possibility of that we'll have to see for ourselves on on Sunday when we get the first opportunity. But uh, I don't
1: think we'll see that Sunday. I think it'll be going on long. Uh, and they might just hide it. Well, that We're not there. yeah, no, that's that, yeah, you're right. They're that's not prob- there that's as prob- much. Right. in August.
0: that's that's probably true. But um, let's just say that we have heard something similar to that at ND Bay 05. Does a big offer like Oklahoma change your opinion or influence your view of cornerback? Caleb offered, or any recruit for that matter.
1: I like it when there's top offers. Yeah, yeah, it influences a little bit. It doesn't influence how I would rate them in January and February when I watch the film, but I, I do want to know who's offering them.
0: Yeah, but for me, I mean, I want to know when an
1: in-state offer is not coming too.
0: That's very true, and that's that's eye-opening. Yeah, uh, I've since the day I watched this film and did a film review on him, I've said Caleb offered's a four-star prospect. So. I don't really care who offers him, but it's always better when when the Oklahomans of the world, when playoff teams offer him and you you get him.
1: That's fellow playoff teams now.
0: Yes, Tim. fellow playoff teams, playoffs. exactly, right. So, um, I mean, provided that he ends up signing with Nordim in December, which we assume that he will. But, uh, yeah, it's always good. But, you know, I really – look, you take a lot of factors into consideration. One of them is who has offered him, and as you say, really important – um, you know, in state now that one I don't understand. I don't know why Mississippi Mississippi State didn't uh, push for him harder. Um, but I also can't I can't allow that to influence what I see with my eyes.
1: Maybe they couldn't get him in. There was some sarcasm. Yes,
0: Ultimately. that yeah. is
1: at T Martin five zero eight. What kicking statistics would you consider acceptable for this season? All right,
0: circling back to what I was going to yeah. comment on in, in section one: field goals under forty yards. Make them. <laughs> That's
1: good. Make them. That's... Now even Justin Yoon I would take that.
0: Yeah, even Justin you missed field goals sure. under forty yards. He might have missed I'd have to go back and check, but he might have missed as many of those as he did plus yeah, forty yards. I think
1: so, because we we're always surprised. Uh, you know,
0: now I'm not saying be perfect from under forty yards. I don't know very few kickers can do that, but be consistent in those situations. And extra points. You gotta make all your extra points. You can't miss an extra point and then put your coach in a position where he's chasing points. In the second and third quarter, which you should never do. <laughs>
1: Stupid chart. <Yeah. laughs> Burn that chart. Uh, don't miss a kick at Georgia or Michigan or Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tall order. Do whatever no. else you want the rest of the season. Yeah, <laughs> Kick yeah, it all over the a... field. Whatever. <laughs> You're like, you can't be perfect. Just don't miss those. <laughs> If it's forty-five yards, you're allowed to miss because it's taking a shot. Yeah, no, that's it. Those kicks got to go. That's in. tough,
0: but I mean, I just you know, I think everybody's hoping that Jonathan Dore can just have a little early success in the first couple games and get a little confidence, and then you know, keep that confidence and maybe
1: get a little lucky in Athens. It could be six for six in those two, those three road games. No and doubt he can be, but at least at five least, for twelve the rest of the way. At for all least I care. he
0: would have some basis for confidence yeah, yeah. heading to Athens. And then.
1: similarly, um, I would assume punting gets under control, um, but you for all the. Times I defended Tyler Newsom because people are just oddly against a guy that's the number two punter in program history. Tyler Newsom's bad punts came big times, like at Clemson, as part of that comeback. You can't have that at Georgia. No, you, you cannot punt no from doubt. your own twenty to I their mean, thirty. To we the
0: all knew Tyler 90. Newsom and. Sometimes he got a little in his head. Yep, There's a lot going on in that head. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but he was a great college football he, player. Yes, he
1: was. But- and a
0: great leader, and he worked hard, and he earned the cap. Now, that's an, uh, there's an example of a, a punter, a scholarship punter, but a punter earning the right to be a captain.
1: I will say about kickers. If you're not put in a position to win a game, or if you blow a game, blow, quote-unquote, like, Kyle Brenza had a great career until the snap-hold kick became just a ridiculous comedy in 2014, but people remember him for missing that. Justin Yoon, last year, missed a gimme to put Notre Dame up 8 against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt drove down to Notre Dame territory, and Jalen Elliott saved the day. He would be remembered for missing a kick like that. No one remembers that right
0: now. I that is a great point because I don't, right miss. here yeah. sitting here I didn't remember that.
1: Matters when you miss. They and I mean he they set him up. Brian Kelly looked when he missed that. Like are you kidding that he that's when he misses. How far was it? It thirty nine, I believe. God.
0: Yeah, that was pretty crucial. That yeah, but yeah, but, that, but you do you make forget. the play. Yeah, no and doubt.
1: So that's that's what I'm looking for in punters and kickers. Don't yeah. miss it those big games.
0: A uh, question from at J.J. Allwine. Who is your, quote, I'll believe it when I see it, unquote guy for 2019? The player the coaches are high on, but you are a skeptic.
1: It was 32 yards, by the way. I was quick. 32. Yeah, 32 yards, wide right. Um, well, Bilal's number one, because, and I, I know they haven't been high on him yet. I want to fast forward when they announce starters, and they tell me Asmar Bilal's the starting mic and he has his best camp ever. Because that's what he hears stuff about Devin Butler and all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. Just because you're the starter doesn't mean you're the good one yet. So, some point, they're going to tell us how good he is. I'm going to have to wait to see it. Um, I'm not, I mean, I guess I'm going to wait and see with Jack Lamb, because we're waiting to see with guys like Alohi Gilman. We have to be with Jack Lamb from last year, right? I believe he's going to be good, though. Yeah, right, right. So, I, who are you? But you're not, I mean, you're uh, not really Kramer, skeptical. I, yeah, I, I, I think Kramer's going to be good, too. Uh, okay, Kramer and Eichenberg being more than good, I I am skeptical. More than they're just good linemen out there blocking like they were. I, they'll be better than last year, but I want to see them be Notre Dame's next top-notch linemen. And I will have I have to see Tommy Kramer do it in games.
0: Yeah, see, I have more confidence in Kramer or uh, Eichenberg and Banks than I do Kramer. I so he's a I mean, I see. just think they have more talent. I think they have more upside, even though I'm mean, Kramer was listed as a. Five-star. I get it. But anyway, Kramer's trending. Um, I hear you. My, I'm going to pick a guy out on offense and defense, and the guy on defense is not a harsh judgment per se. It's just I just don't know. The guy on offense that I'll believe it when I see it that had good things said about him in the spring okay. by Chip Long is Tony Jones Jr. Now, he talked about maturity and... You know, he was kind of squirrely and screwing around in practice when he was younger, and all that was behind him, and it was all focus, and so that's great. I mean, that's that's a great sign, but consistency, uh, staying healthy, staying on the field, providing you with that second receiving option with another running back on the field, I'll believe it when I see it. The guy for me defensively is, and we've assumed this since, since the spring, that Jacob Lacey is going to be able to play, go in there at any time, and he's going to be really good from the outset, Kind of like Jarrett Patterson. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying I don't know that I necessarily saw it with my own two mm-hmm. eyes in the spring. Now, a lot of times my own two eyes are looking at a lot of other things. So you may be making good plays. Right. You're looking at one side of the ball, I'm looking at the other, but you still miss stuff, uh, especially with linemen. So I want to, those are two that come to mind. It goes without saying, Houston Griffith.
1: He was on my high on my list. Yeah,
0: Avery Davis. You know who they're who they're pushing to be a, a, a nickel, but he just has so little experience at cornerback and in the secondary that I just you know gotta I gotta see it before I believe it.
1: I cannot believe Avery Davis as a playoff nickel. I, I would have to. I mean, it's not impossible. I would have to. Maybe see it. by maybe after
0: twelve it. regular season uh, games. <laughs> You know, may, I mean, maybe at that point. They I don't. don't just
1: let you in. You know, you got to get. There. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you got to play really well. No, I know. But you know, he
0: is a gr- he is a great athlete. Yeah. He does have he does have burst. He does he has speed and burst and.
1: And he's got confidence and some grit to him. I mean, he was a. I liked interviewing him when he was kind of in that role last year. So he's just yeah. like, Why we, he wants to be on the field, and he's obviously doing whatever he can to be on the field.
0: Yeah, and Sean Crawford is a nickel. I believe that when I see it, and not doubting oh. his desire because his desire is at the top of the chart. It's just physically, can he hold up?
1: At P. Coates, what are your thoughts about the night game in Athens? Question, another Miami?
0: I don't envision seeing that. I mean, I, I think that this program has evolved enough in two seasons that that's not going to happen. I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to win. In fact, I mean, I think it's going to be, as I sit here right now, I think it's going to be very difficult for me to ultimately pick Notre Dame over Georgia. I, yeah. I mean, unless we, unless we see, I don't know that there's anything we're going to see in Notre Dame's pre- first two games. In the
1: preseason, it'd be really hard. You'd just be picking an undefeated season, probably. Um, yeah, I would have to see just a ridiculous lights-out performance by some important people in the games one yeah, and Yeah, I just think,
0: you know, I mean, it's human nature. You you as a collective group of football players are going into a place that's going to be incredibly hostile, incredibly red, yeah. and very loud and against you, and it, you, you, there's no comfort zone. There's no way to have a comfort zone going into, is it Sanford Stadium? I believe that's what it's called.
1: Yeah. I guess if Book is superhuman. And Jafar Armstrong is just absolutely ridiculous against Louisville, where they look like everything anybody could ever ask them to be. would be more like the problem is the New Mexico game doesn't do anything to move the needle. The Louisville game probably shouldn't, but there's a difference between book beating Louisville the way he beat Wake Forest, and if he is just carving up pretty good coverage downfield, yeah. right? It's, yeah. That's the one way. But yeah, it's right now it's a pick where you think Georgia will well,
0: win the game. Co- yeah, but, my concern is, and I know a lot of people say, well, Notre Dame's defensive line is too stout to be pushed around by the offensive line maybe but we you know have said this before the linebacker be, your yeah. linebacker yeah the interior may not be and your linebacker because they weren't in the blue goal game against Nordheim's starting right. offensive line um the linebacker's got to fill the right holes man and you know I the, the Nordheim's defensive line is just not going to they're just not going to physically defeat
1: no, George's offensive line the best offensive line probably including practice the best offensive line they'll face this year I think, often Notre I Dame's think, offensive line is the best. I think Georgia's
0: offensive line is better than Notre Dame's yeah, offensive I line. Yeah, so that,
1: that makes it a tough. But it, it, you make the point; it's the linebackers and interior working in Congress. It's not just
0: right. And another, and I'm going and we've said this before. And keep this in mind. No, Julian Love was a great tackler on the on the perimeter, a great yeah tackler. Now you're moving Troy Pride to boundary, so it's going to be a little bit more physical. Um. And then you have a then you have a a pretty either if you have Bracy or Crawford, you've got a pretty spindly field yes. corner that's got to defend the run. I never I don't believe in my film review that I said Tariq Bracy is a is a great run defender, and I'm not sure about his ability to cover the pass. No,
1: definitely. <laughs> oh, Julian Love said out loud he has to get stronger. He's he's. Like he's just so small, is how he put it.
0: Oh, Julian Love said that about Bracey. Last yeah.
1: year, he said he's just so small. Well, he's had, hey,
0: he's had a lot of time to do it. Yeah, and that was eleven months anybody, ago. If months anybody, if anybody can throw on, you know, twelve to fifteen pounds of muscle to a to a, a, a corner like that, it's Matt Bayless. I
1: will say this though: Miami shouldn't have been like Miami. They shouldn't have tucked tail in Miami just because things weren't going well. No. This team will not do that. Ian Book will not play the way Brandon Wimbush played in Miami because he. Because of lack of confidence in the throws he has to execute that are simple throws. Right. And Chip Long will not stick with something that's not working. Thinking, hey, Brandon, complete this pass. Just complete it. It's easy. Well, he can't. Right. <laughs> so that was a train wreck. You will not see a train wreck.
0: I will be surprised and disappointed for Notre Dame if, they are, if they are not competitive start to finish yeah. in this game.
1: Yeah. Totally agree. is not Clemson. Let's, let's get that straight. Georgia is not Clemson. Clemson has their two pro wide receivers back. Georgia lost their five best. They have a generational quarterback versus a really good quarterback. Yes, there's a big, there's a difference. I mean that that's no. You're, ab- so as, you're as good as Georgia right. is. That's not a level I, you're trying so to. So let to.
0: me just clarify. I will have because I try to be as objective as I possibly can. For the last 37 years, going into year 38, I will probably be leaning towards Georgia going into that week. Unless we see something the first couple of weeks, and even then, it's difficult. I mean, it's yeah. just it, it, it's a it's a percentage pick for crying out loud. Notre going into Athens, Georgia, for the first time, but I do expect them to compete and have a chance to have a chance to win. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: RB Irish O9 for the fun question of the day. Who wins, BK's best players of the last 10 years versus a team made up of ND's best players from the previous 10 years?
0: We thought this was a good question to end our uh, podcast on and, and interesting. Um, there's a lot of names to cover here. I, I think we both are in agreement that that the last 10 years, we would, we would put those players up against...
1: I would give the edge to the last 10 years. The, yeah.
0: the previous 10 years. I mean, some of the names from 2000, 2009... If you, you play Lawson and yeah. Quinn at quarterback, yeah,
1: I'm going to take the quarterbacks of the previous ten years to these two quarterbacks.
0: Julius Jones at running back, uh, Golden to uh, T- Golden Tate,
1: Golden <laughs> Tate, Shark and Stovall.
0: Yeah, those we're, are Julius is your running back. We're, we're putting Floyd into the the yeah the uh, current. You could play David Givens too because he did David start for Gibbons, Super Bowl teams. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Harris was an offensive tackle.
1: Uh, Jeff De- Defe-
0: De- Anthony Weaver, Victor Abbey Amiri, Justin
1: Tuck. Trevor Laws and Derek Landry. That's a good line. Absolutely. The 2002 secondary. Just throw them out there. David Bruton
0: play. at safety. Oh, yeah, there
1: you go. There's but five, The 2002 secondary and David Bruton.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. But having said all that, yeah. Um, yeah, Will Fuller wide
1: receiver. Will Floyd. Floyd. Michael Floyd, Will Fuller, TJ Jones.
0: Eifert at tight end.
1: Uh, you know, McGlinchey and Nelson and uh, I did Stanley I, and I cheated because I'm yeah you know, I get to have them all right. So what yep, do you mean? I cheated with my alignment for the line. Oh yeah, you. Can Ronnie Stanley you at left tackle, Quentin Nelson at left guard, Nick Martin at center, Zach Martin the All Pro guard at right guard where he's an All Pro right now, and uh, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle.
0: That's a good group. Yep. That's a I mean that's a that's a I mean those are Harry Heastin products. Uh, Coney Tranquil at linebacker, Sheldon Day at, at defensive tackle, who I had as the best of the early entry,
1: for those that subscribe to uh, Irish Illustrated. Manti and Jalen at linebacker. Manti, yeah, Manti <laughs> okay. and Jalen. Right. Oh, I say you're taking the third position. Yeah, Manti, Jalen, oh, and well, Tranquil.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, Coney Tranquil just finished up. I'm saying, yeah, Jalen Smith, absolutely, Manti. Teo, uh, you <laughs> those
1: know. two together would be a problem for <laughs> other teams,
0: yeah, so I mean it's- you know obviously a lot of great players have come through Nordam even in that previous decade when you know it was a oh, struggle was a large of period of the, the time, so but we'll take uh the current guys and and you know Brian Kelly continues to build upon it as as Dame moves into 2019 I'm going
1: to lift those pesky restrictions academically and socially and include Aaron Lynch on my team. Gonna come in on third down and rush the passer for me.
0: You can do that, and okay. you can include stuff onto it too <laughs> put if you'd he like. Is on
1: there. So, <laughs> yeah, they're saying uh, that's a they, they the lines is the killer here, I think. Now, that offense would be fun. You have Julius to go with. I'll take Quinn because if he gets punched at a bar, fight probably doesn't end there. So, I'll take Quinn with Julius, Stovall, Samarja, and Tate. That's a heck of a five some. Yeah, yeah, I think I
0: think, I think you can win with one group or the other. Yes. I think you'd be just fine. All right, well, it's uh, the time is fast arriving here on Friday. Uh, we will have a press conference with Brian Kelly, presumably. I don't yep, know that that uh, actually. I got a call while we were doing the podcast, so I think that's probably going to confirm uh, exactly uh, what's going to be happening, and maybe we'll get an entire preseason schedule out there. And we'll be back on Monday, August fifth. Uh, after observing practice on Sunday in Culver, the first practice of 2019 preseason. we got a long haul ahead of us, and it's starting here very soon. We appreciate you joining us here on Irish Illustrated Insider. We'll be back on Monday, August 5th. Thanks for joining us.
1: It's time to start planning your trip to Notre Dame. Rent Like a Champion is South Bend's largest vacation rental company with over 1,000 weekend home rentals available close to Notre Dame Stadium. Head to rentlikeachampion.com illustrated to get $100 off your booking when you use the promo code Irish2019. That's rentlikeachampion.com illustrated promo code Irish2019.